Hey everybody, this is John Sablon, the man on fire from johnsablon.com, and I welcome you to another segment of True Faith Real Talk, where this video series takes us through real issues through the eyes of faith. Now, today's topic is one that's uh, a touchy one, one that is, uh, has a lot of different people talking about where the church stands, um, what does the church teach. Uh, some people have some deep, deep wounds uh, related to this topic. So I'm, I'm very excited about the guest that we have today. The topic is on divorce, annulments, and remarriage. And how do we uh, help walk with folks who have experienced some of these, these tragedies and trials in their lives? And, and where do they really stand in the church? I know plenty of people in, in my own ministry, in my own walk of life, who have been scandalized by the topics and scandalized by the way people have approached it. So uh, my goal for this segment is to bring on uh, who I, somebody who I consider to be an expert in this area, uh, both through personal experience and, and her own expertise, uh, to help kind of clear some of that and help us understand um, God's design and Holy Mother Church's uh, really guidance when it comes to divorce, annulment, and remarriage. Um, so my guest today is Rose Sweet. She's a speaker and author. Uh, you've heard her on EWTN, on Catholic Radio. Uh, she's authored uh, about 10 different books, um, and uh, she's just a person with a big heart for God and for Holy Mother Church, um, she really takes this topic to um, to heart. Just and what really walks with people uh, when it comes to um, people who are hurting and trying to recover from uh, divorce and annulment and uh, remarriage. So I want to welcome to the show Rose Sweet. How you doing, Rose? John, thanks for having me on. You're the man on fire. I'm the woman on fire. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I love our faith and I love our church. And there was so much about this topic that we're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. Divorce, marriage, love, sex, annulment. I mean, all that stuff about relationship, intimate relationships. I didn't understand what the church really taught. Mm -hmm. And when I did find out, it blew me away mm -hmm. in a good way. And I am on fire. I, everything the church teaches makes common sense, mm -hmm. and it's for our greater good. So let's dive in. Let's dive in. So before we can understand uh, divorce and annulment or remarriage, we need to understand what, what marriage is to begin with. So why don't we start there and help people understand from, from a Catholic point of view, from God's design from the very beginning, as we see in Genesis, what is marriage? Well, you know, we could spend a whole week on that yeah. alone, but yeah. the, the quick answer is it's unlike any other relationship. Mm -hmm. It's more than a friendship. It's not more than a business partnership. It's more than roommates. It's more, it's more than mother, child. It's unique and no other relationship is like it. It's ordered to the bringing in of children and the creation of the family and the strengthening of man and woman in the image of Jesus and his bride, the church. Mm -hmm. No other relationship can say that. Right. And the one thing that I that really opened my eyes is, is years ago when I got into St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body, mm -hmm. I glommed on to these four pillars of of, of the marriage of Jesus, the bridegroom, with us, the bride, the bride and, and, and how he loves the bride. Mm -hmm. And people who have taken theology of the body will remember this, that his love for her is free, it's full, it's faithful, and it's fruitful. Mm -hmm. 
And and, and using those four as a litmus test, we can understand what has to be in, present for an authentic marriage bond to come into being. So a man and a woman are in front of a priest and an altar, wherever they are. They could even be uh, in Vegas in front of an Elvis impersonator if they're not baptized mm -hmm. and enter into a valid marriage. If they're both free to love each other, they're not married to anybody else and they don't have any agendas like trying to get a green card. They intend to give each, themselves fully to each other till death, mm -hmm. to be faithful to each other, and to be open to children. So if free, full, faithful, and fruitful elements are present in both, the church assumes that there's a valid marriage bond that comes into being when the couple exchanges consent. And down the road, if the marriage falls apart for whatever reason, the burden of proving that it's not a valid bond falls on somebody who's going to seek annulment. But we're so we're jumping ahead. But back to marriage, um, I think we need to do a better job, and we are. The church is doing a much better job at the parish level mm -hmm. of educating people. What are you guys doing here? Yeah. You know, what do you really want? What do, you know? I remember I've done marriage preparation weekends too, and I always ask this question: If um, if your spouse ever cheated on you, would it be over? And they all go, yes, you know, and I go, no, that's a condition. And it's no, even if they cheat on you, you have to forgive them, work through it. That's not grounds for divorce. That's right. Not, not in itself. So don't invalidate your marriage bond, you know, by having something, an escape hatch in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. you know, um, if you cheat on me, I'm out of here. Or if you, if you get fat, I'm out of here. Yeah. Or if we have too many kids, or, or whatever. So, you know, anyway, we could go on yeah, and on. Yeah, you know, the thing, Rose, about it um, is, you know, when, when they're taking their vows, and they're, you know, everyone's, you know, uh, in good times and in bad, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, it's like everybody approaches that, and it's like they're own, they, they say both, but they're only hearing meaning one thing, in good, in health, <laughs> and for richer, right? And then, and then when things happen, they're financially struggling, or somebody gets sick. Right. Or um, there are bad times that fall upon them for one reason or another. And they say, I didn't sign up for this. And I say, wait a minute. Yes, you did. You know, this, right. this, this is a total gift of self. Right. This is this is a total gift of oneself. Like you said, free, total, faithful, fruitful in, in the fullness of marriage to, to what you signed up for was all of that. It, we didn't say it was easy, but you did sign up for all of that. Yeah, you know, and I think we need to even say a little bit more uh, in marriage preparation. It's not easy, and, and to help them understand, it's going to be really hard. And guess what? He or she might cheat on you, and God forbid that should happen. That's a deep, deep personal violation mm -hmm. that just, uh, you know, but it doesn't give you grounds to leave mm -hmm. in itself. Mm -hmm. You know, there might be other things like abuse or alcoholism or whatever, right. but just, we're, you know what? And I, I'm married myself. I'm unfaithful to my husband in a lot of other ways than sexually. Mm -hmm. When I pick my own way and I don't think about him, or uh, or I want to be with my girlfriends and he wants me to be with him, it's like pfft. those are little forms of infidelity that creep into our marriage. And when we don't make our spouse number one, mm -hmm. um, so that's another thing I like to help people understand that fidelity goes far beyond the sexual arena. That's um, great. That's but, great. Because most of the time, it, that's really right. When people say, oh, well, are you faithful in your marriage? They, they normally just equate that to, well, did you cheat on them or not? 
right? Rather right. than okay. Well, here, here's a great question. What if you're mo- you're real close to your mother and you're her favorite son, John? <laughs> and in your life, there's a lot of times where you have to choose between your wife and your mother. Mm-hmm. When you choose mom over her, you're being unfaithful sometimes. That's right. Now, not if, of course, if your mom's in the hospital dying or whatever, but you know. Those are some of the things that we don't talk about. And I know you and your work um, and I and we, we both like to talk about that. Let's really understand what marriage is before we jump in. That's right. And I think if they spent more time in marriage prep and really uh, rather than just worrying about the wedding day, really prepare for the marriage and what that's ta- that takes, there'll be less surprises like this. Right. When when the feelings and, and emotions uh, e- essentially kind of. Um, not fade away, right? But but when reality hits, right? When you when when life hits you and and socks you in the face because of whatever circumstance that it's no longer you know uh, rainbows and butterflies when we when we get you know into the, the marriage covenant, h- how do we deal and how do we cope with that situation so that we don't end in divorce? Um, again, taking those things aside, like you said, where there's where there's there's uh, abuse and or addictions that are really just detrimental to the marriage. We're talking about just hopefully the everyday marriage uh, situation and relationship. You know, I know a lot of times, and I've been in this situation before, when you have said, when one spouse says to the other, I hate you. Mm-hmm. I hate you and I wish you were dead. And I mean that to the bottom of my soul. Mm-hmm. You know, those are hard words to hear and those are horrible words to say, but that happens. Mm-hmm. So we have to help people understand that doesn't need to be the end of your marriage. It means that there's a big problem, um, but it's like getting a pain in your side. Let's run to the doctor and get some x-rays and take some medicine. Let's let's not just end it. Let's work through it. Mm -hmm. And that's where the graces that come with marriage are unique and powerful to the couple to help them overcome these things. That's right. And that's why, you know, from in, in the Catholic Church, when we talk about it being a sacrament, right, that there's 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 it's implied that God and what is a sacrament, right? We know that that it is God's divine life working in you. It's the grace of God working in you. And we know as Catholics who are married with with a valid and a sacramental marriage, right, that it's that grace working through the sacrament that allows us to 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 really to fulfill and and, and sacrifice um, for our spouse and for our children that God has blessed us with. So that's why it's important that when we think about the difference between getting married in the church and outside of the church, we have God's grace working through us through that sacrament itself. Yeah, we have we have extra graces that are, I always say the women get this. It's like gift with purchase at the Lancome counter. You get something <laughs> extra that will really help you in your relationship. I mean, now natural marriages, people who are not baptized they have God's grace working in them, but not to the degree that comes with a sacrament. Mm-hmm. And if we knew the power that comes with sacramental graces, we'd, we'd all be signing up for it. That's right. But, but we don't. That's right. So, that's right. That's so, why you and I got to get out there and keep keep talking. Yeah. And I mean, you think about it, you know, we know that the fundamental cell of society is the family. And, it, you know, it starts at the marriage. And I think the greatest gift that you can give uh, your children outside of faith is a holy marriage. And I think that's why we, we're, we're talking about this topic is, you know, we don't want to get to divorce and annulment. That's why we're starting with marriage. So if people have a better understanding of what marriage is supposed to be, the way God designed it to be, hopefully they'll have some of these tools, right, to, to be able to do it. Because, you know, we, the people are still getting married, thankfully. Um, and I, I know plenty of newlyweds, at least in my, my area. So I think this is going to be helpful for them to at least understand uh, what those, what 
each of these are um, according to what God's plan and, and according to what the church teaches. So, okay, so we've got marriage. It's not like any other relationship. We know that it's, you know, uh, free, full, uh, faithful, and fruitful. Um, and we know that, you know, there these are things that we can do, like you said, the litmus test, right? Hey, what is a true, when we enter into this, this sacred union, what are the things that need to be present? Now, let's, let's talk about the bad side of that now, you know, the divorce piece. Um, and annulment comes right after that, right, from a, from a church perspective and, and the, the, the validity of that marriage. So divorce. Let's talk about divorce. Well, divorce uh, is, it, it's horrible. It's horrible. We all, everybody can quote Malachi, God hates divorce. Of course he hates divorce. Um, um, it, 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 the catechism says it tears apart the fabric of the family and, and, and the society. Catechism, and here I have these quotes in case anybody wants to look these up. Catechism 2382 through 2386, divorce is a grave offense against the natural law. It is not natural that man and woman rend each other to pieces and and abandon children it's not it's not good for anybody um it it introduces not just the disorder that's in the marriage the disorder goes to the kids and the family and even the kids as they grow up the wounds that they have in their marriages um you know adult children of divorce have greater chance of divorce Mm -hmm. so it perpetuates itself and then it goes out into the culture and, and so it's just um divorce is horrible mm-hmm. however divorce has been around forever mm-hmm. um, we don't know about Adam and Eve's marriage but we know they had some rough spots that's right <laughs> uh, but divorce has been around for a long time and, and Moses addressed it Jesus addressed it and we we're still addressing it and I think because divorce is the fruit of deeper sin mm-hmm. divorce doesn't necessarily, and this is what the church and her wisdom understands, a civil divorce sometimes is not sinful. Mm-hmm. And I have to qualify that, and I know you understand this. And I'm just going to give an extreme example. If a man is abusing his wife and maybe sexually abusing his daughters, and he's a gambling fool and he's lost all the money and he's going to lose the house, and he's a drug addict. Well, obviously, there's something wrong there probably from the very beginning of the marriage. Mm-hmm. But that woman and those children have a right to escape and protection for the, in the immediate term. And the church understands that sometimes filing for civil divorce will give them that protection within the state, mm-hmm. in their housing and their finances. The church also makes it very clear in the catechism, they're not really divorced. They're still married in the eyes of the church. Mm-hmm. There's a valid bond there and that has to be proven otherwise through a competent tribunal through the annulment process. Mm-hmm. So the church is so wise. She understands that divorce is horrible and we should do everything to avoid it. But when it happens, she has a way that we can look at it and see what happened and where we stand and, ha- and how to move forward. That's right. And again, the, I'm going to give these quotes, Catechism 1649 and 2383 both say in certain grave cases separation is maybe possible for for safety's sake mm-hmm. and that could be just your sanity um divorce should be avoided at all costs 
Every, you should do everything to reconcile. You should give it time. You should give it space. You, could get, you should get counseling. Everything that you can do should exhaust every means to avoid divorce. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't because the other party goes off and does it. That's right. So um, lots of, and here's the thing. Every case is different because, and you know this, mm-hmm. every person is unique and unrepeatable. So you get one unique and unrepeatable woman with one unique and unrepeatable guy. And they have a unique and unrepeatable marriage. Mm -hmm. And you can't put a formula of what the church says this, the church says that, on those people. Mm -hmm. They deserve to have somebody walk alongside them and take a good, honest look at their unique situation. And going by canon law and by what the church teaches, that's how we help them understand what their options are. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's yeah, it's it's, it's so tough because um, I mean, one of uh, a good friend of both of ours, Deacon Harold Burksivers. One of the things I, I heard in, uh, in in one of a, the talks that he gave was because he comes from a um, you know a divorce home, and mm-hmm. he said you know mm-hmm. marriage is a blessing, uh, but it but it's a cross, and divorce is when the parents take that cross and put it on their children's shoulders, and. That, that spoke volumes to me. Now, I came from um, uh, an intact home where both parents stayed together, but it was an, it was an alcoholic abusive home. So the, what you just described was uh, very much, I'm sure if my, somebody would, walk, would have walked with my mom for her safety and, of course, our safety, her five children that she had, um, it, it would have been a better scenario to, at the very least, separate. Um, and, 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 of course, because of that situation with addiction and alcoholism and abuse, and, you know, so speaking from experience, you know, I think there are those unique cases. And, and like you said, the, the church is there to accompany and to walk and to help guide uh, people. And you can't treat everybody as, you know, uh, you, you, just because you have a hammer, not everything's a nail. Right. So uh, to just walk around and just pounding everybody into the same hole uh, that assuming that because you're in this situation, it's it's not unique and it's like everybody else. And I think you make bring up such a great point, Rose, because uh, I think that's part of what people's ignorance or misunderstanding of what the church teaches, that there's somehow this this formula you got to fit into and, and really don't even seek counsel from the church, right? Because they say, well, I'm struggling. You know, there's only one participating uh, person in this marriage. One person's trying to work it out. The other person doesn't want to. So what are their options, right? And that's that's a struggle and frustration they feel, and they feel like with the church, you know, once I get divorced, it's like I'm excommunicated, and that's not true at all. It's not true at all. No, it's not. And before we jump to those myths about divorce yeah, and annulment right. and, and all that, I, I do want to say because there's there's a there's a growing division uh, on Facebook and some of these social media sites in the Catholic world to those who hate divorce and didn't want the divorce they feel they were abandoned by a spouse and they're going to stay true to their vows and they think the church gives out annulments like candy and they think all the divorce recovery programs are pushing people to get divorced you know they're they're scared Mm -hmm. that people are not taking vows seriously then there's this other camp of people who had to escape for their lives or or their sanity and, and, and they're afraid this other group is saying you have to stay no matter what. 
the cross of divorce, you've put it on your children's shoulders, you know, and they're like, oh my God, I've hurt my kids so badly. And they're, they're parents who, who shouldn't have divorced and they've really hurt their kids, but there's parents who had to divorce to save their kids. That's right. So everybody should quit pointing fingers at each other and stop and say, look, look, church is way smarter than we are. She's been around for a long time. She's guided by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And no matter what situation you're in, there is an answer. Difficult marriages, you can be in them. You might not be romantically happy, but you can have a rich and joyful life. Mm -hmm. You don't have to get a divorce. Sometimes a marriage that's good enough is good enough. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you are divorced, you can live faithfully to your vows alone. You know, raise your kids, have a good job, have lots of friends, work for the church, you know, go on trips. You can have a rich and full life without a, spou with a, without a spouse living with you. Mm -hmm. You know, we have widows and widowers who are alone. We have single people who are alone. We have divorced people who, who are still married in the eyes of the church. And especially at my age, I realize, and, and I was divorced for almost 20 years. I had a great life. I mean, on holidays, it was hard sometimes, you know, the usual things you long for love. But we don't have to be married or to have sex to be happy. That's right. <laughs> and that's something a, a lot of people don't won't, won't say that out loud. Mm -hmm. um, but we need to say that God has created us to find happiness in him and in being who we are meant to be. And we can do that in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Anyway. No, no, that's a lot to say on that. Subject. No, no, and I, it's great because you are again speaking from experience, and I think in our over overly sexualized culture, right, where we we're treating people as objects rather than as persons, and we don't understand um, the beauty behind God's design in the marital embrace and in the marital union. Um, you know, we're calling any relationship now marriage or anything a relationship, really, um, right. and it's really the furthest thing from it. So I think those are those are great points, Rose, as far as uh, as divorce, and we should we we do need to start stop pointing fingers and start seeking the guidance and the counsel of, you know, Holy Mother Church and those that, that are there to really uh, help us to, to heal and to work through some of these, these trials that we may be facing in our relationships, specifically in our marriages. So if we go on to, um, into the annulment process, so what is annulment? Because normally, uh, the normal understanding for those of us outside of, of even the process or the church think that an annulment is like a Catholic divorce. So what is that really to help clear, clear that up for some of those who may not really even understand the term? Yeah, you know, I, I just met with two couples recently who um, w went through divorce and they're living together. They're civilly married and they're looking to convalidate their marriages. And I love these situations um, because I'm challenging them to take a high path. Um, but anyway... And here's what I, both of the men told me when I was meeting with these couples. The church can't tell me there never was a marriage. So they both believe that annulment says there never was a marriage. Hmm. That's not quite true. You know, words matter. Mm -hmm. What the church says, there was a civil marriage, and there was a, a shared life, and there was love and affection, and there were beautiful children, and a big fat mortgage. Mm -hmm. Those are all valid. <laughs> but 
But we're looking at the marriage bond as we understand between Christ and his bride. Was that kind of bond present from day one or not? That, and that's what we're looking at. That's yeah. the validity area. Mm-hmm. And that's where we go back to that free, total, faithful, fruitful, mm-hmm. um, you know, elements. But annulment says that two people attempted marriage, but for some grave and serious reason on one or both parts, something was really missing or something was in the way that prevented that bond from coming into being. So they would say, uh, the church would say that they have uh, a parental bond, a social bond, a sexual bond, a financial bond, but not an authentic marital bond. And that's really important. Mm-hmm. And again, we just, we didn't make this stuff up. That's right. It wasn't canon lawyers. Uh, we got this from Jesus. We got this from God himself. Mm-hmm. And he has shown us from the beginning what authentic marriage has to look like. Mm-hmm. So annulment says there never was a valid marriage bond to begin with. It doesn't say, oh, you had a marriage, but if you fell out of love or you, you had a problem and now we're dissolving it. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. We are declaring that there was a null bond, no bond. And, it's di- and, and we have to say, too, it's different than civil annulment, mm-hmm. which we're not talking about the civil arraignment. And the myths about an annulment, again, there never was a marriage. It costs an arm and a leg. It makes your kids illegitimate. Um, you can buy an annulment if you know somebody. Uh, if your uncle is a priest on the tribunal, you're going to get it for sure. Mm. You know, those are all myths. Mm-hmm. All myths. So there's lots of good books out there. And I know somebody who wrote a book on annulment that's really good, easy to read. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Do you know what the name of that book is and who the author is, Rose, by any chance? Yes, Rose Sweet. <laughs> you can go to my website, rosesweet.com, uh, on my store area and find it in there. But, um, you know, I decided to write it short and sweet. There it is again. Uh, in language that we lay people can understand. Take canon, law, truth. And boil it down to where the average person go. What am I going to do? Where where am I going? You know, where do I stand in the eyes of the church? So, mm-hmm. so um, in your, in your work in this, and maybe we can back up a little bit and say why why is this this topic in particular, and you working with uh, helping people in relationships in particular, right? Not just marital relationships, but all kinds of relationships. But why 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 do you feel God called you to that to that ministry, and, and why are you um, on fire for that? <laughs> <laughs> Because I screwed up my life and my relationship so badly. And as true, God is true to his word. As scripture says, he will bring beauty out of our ashes. Mm-hmm. You know, he will He will take our stinky, sinful mess and redeem it mm-hmm. and bring something beautiful out of it. And when I surrendered my life to him and my mind and my heart and to, to open up to Mother Church and to learn what she really taught, um. I, I changed, and I was filled with life and love and hope and truth. And I, you can't keep that to yourself. You know, if you if you go to a really good restaurant that have great prices and great food and service, you tell all your friends. That's right. right. <laughs> so we're on, I'm on fire. You're on fire because God has done something in our lives, mm-hmm. and it's real and it's changed us and. We can't keep it inside. Mm -hmm. And especially when you look out and see all the people who are 
hurting and angry and depressed and lonely and lost. Mm-hmm. Man, get out of my way. Uh, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm coming after you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you home. I mean, you know, I'm a big sister. I'm the oldest of nine. I was born with that. Yeah. Yeah, you got that, nurt- <laughs> that nurturing uh, yeah, charism in you, right? So, so you're speaking, obviously, from lived experience. Yes. Right. Of, of a person like you said, who's who's blown relationships, who's who's been divorced yourself, obviously had gone through uh, each of these steps along the way. So what's what's your advice to the to these folks who maybe are on on this path where they're they're on rocky ground with their own marriage? Perhaps they're separated. Perhaps they are divorced. And um, and it was a situation whether it was in their control or not. And now they're they're at this this crossroads in their life where. Uh, maybe they have another relationship um, or, or they are lonely and they feel like they're called to another relationship, called to marriage, and, and, but they want to be reconciled with Holy Mother Church. You know, I mean, that's where people end up. And we have, we as faithful disciples of Christ are, are trying to meet them where they are, but we want to bring them to the fullness of what God has called them to as well. So it's not just, um, you know, condoning, right, uh, their situation. Um, but not necessarily condemning them either, but really showing them the better path. So what, what advice, Rose, given all your background, your experience, your personal, your personal experience of going through this, that we can say, what are our other options when it comes to dealing with these issues? Well, the first thing that I would do is ask, as Jesus asked uh, John, was it John and Andrew? What are you looking for? That's right. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want? I want to be happy. I want to get out of this marriage. I want to stay in the marriage. I want to say, you know, okay, what is it you want? Let's talk about that. What hasn't been working? What has been working? You know, it takes somebody to, you have to spend time, energy, and effort to listen to people and to be present to them. You can't put a Band-Aid on people's relationship problems and give them a quick answer. You have to work with them. And so my general counsel would be, if you have a crappy marriage, for God's sake, go get counseling. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you the number of people who come to me after the divorce and I am taking their annulment information. Did you get counseling? No. Did you get counseling? No. It, you know, if your car isn't working, you take it down to the mechanic. If you have a toothache, you go to the dentist. Mm-hmm. If you have a pain, you go to the doctor. And we pay those guys all good money, mm-hmm. but we're not going to spend any money on marriage counseling. Because marriage counseling exposes our deepest sin and our shame, and we avoid it like the plague. But you have an obligation when you, like you said, John, uh, when you, for better or worse, that means you get your little butts down to a good marriage counselor. And if you're seeing somebody else or flirting with somebody else, you end it and you make a commitment to that person. We're going to marriage counseling. Um, then you know. I don't know what happens. They'll leave, you'll leave, or maybe the marriage will be restored. I don't know. But if if a civil divorce happens, remember that you're still married. Get down to the church. Get some counseling. Um, read some good books on it. Go to some good websites. You're married. You can't date. You can't even think about it. Mm-hmm. You, you should start praying for your spouse um, that he or she has a conversion or comes back, but it might be too late. Maybe it was 10 years, he's remarried and has three kids. Mm-hmm. He's never coming back. Mm-hmm. Then you offer up your loneliness and your suffering for his soul. And you be the best mother that you can be, your father that you can be, and the best person at work, and cultivate 
uh, hobbies and give yourself to the church and create a rich life as a married person living alone. Mm-hmm. You you seek holiness. Um, in all your decisions, find out about annulment. You don't have to want annulment or seek annulment, but at least find out the truth because you may think that you had a valid marriage bond, and in fact, you didn't. Um, and if your spouse goes out and files for annulment and gets one, then what are you going to do? You're clinging on to your marriage vows, and the church had just said there wasn't a valid bond. Well, that makes a lot of people really mad mm-hmm. because they gave everything they had, and it was valid to them, and they don't want to give up, and I totally understand that. But we have to respect the church. Now, is there abuse in the annulment process? Sure, because there's humans. Mm-hmm. But you know, is are annulments given out like candy? No. It's, I always say it's like the pre-sexual sex scandal, right? Mm-hmm. How many priests actually were guilty of those heinous crimes? Mm-hmm. What percent do we know? Mm-hmm. And yet, look at all the wonderful good priests who've just taken a big hit because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing with our tribunals mm-hmm. and, and our judges and the people who are educated and want to uphold the, the truth of marriage mm-hmm. and defend marriage bonds. And they're not handing out annulments like candy. Their annulments are not easy to get. Mm-hmm. So just don't make judgment. Don't make judgment. Educate yourself. Don't be critical. Get help. Mm. Um, And no matter what happens, our Lord has promised us that he will be with us and he will give us the grace to get through anything. Now, either that's true or it's a lie. Mm -hmm. If it's true, you really don't have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I would say, you know, it's always difficult to talk about the topic of divorce and annulment. And so I think for the viewers that are watching that are uh, discerning the vocation of marriage, um, one of the things both my wife Nicole and I are involved in marriage preparation at our parish and um, really try to help people really think through, you know, what marriage is, you know, what, what God designed. So I think you talked about learning and understanding what is annulment. And I, one of the things we, we do in marriage prep is to say, hey, help people understand what annulment is now, right? Think about yeah. the, the questions that they have to, to answer, you know, that process where um, we, in, our, in, in every, every, every other area of our life, you know, you go and buy a house, you go and buy a boat, you go and buy a car, you got to fill out a stack of paperwork like this big, right? You got to answer all these things and give all your personal right. information. And right. You got to take all this time. But when it comes to the vocation of marriage, when it comes to, um, unpacking and uh, really going deep to know what your family of origins are. What are you bringing into the marriage, right? Um, what, what, how was love communicated in your home? I mean, one of you may come from a, a, a picture-perfect family, which there's really no perfect families, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but somebody who comes from a, a certain lived experience in family life, another one comes from complete opposite, and yet they're putting these two people together, and then all of a sudden we're going you know, crazy with one another because we've never really fleshed those things out. We've never had a dialogue about those things. And I think for the viewers that are watching out there or listening out there that um, are discerning marriage and discerning relationships, you know, the when you enter into this covenantal relationship that you really need to, to, to really ponder, 
You really need to talk it out. You need to be prayerful about it. You need to seek counsel of wise people, marriages that have been stable and loving and, and affectionate that, that can help you understand what are you really getting yourself into. You know, everybody complains about, what do you mean I got to go through a six-week marriage prep class? You know, and yet, <laughs> yeah, if only, right? At six yeah. months I got to get, before I get a date in the Catholic Church. And it's just like, and then they get married in the next, thing you know, two years down the road, three years down the road, five years down the road, they're divorced because they never really took the time to find out what's required of a spouse in, a, in this marriage. Okay. The, the, this is my, this is, I say this all the time. That six weeks is nothing. Marriage prep begins when they're two years old <laughs> and they grab their brother's toy selfishly for themselves. Mm -hmm. And you go over and say, no, you need to share. I mean, seriously, what takes down every relationship is selfishness. That's right. So if you haven't trained selfishness out of your children, marriage prep, it begins in childhood, in learning to communicate and to be giving and forgiving and loyal and all those things, all the, all the virtues that you look for in a spouse. If you didn't have them as a kid, <laughs> they ain't going to all of a sudden just appear, you know, after the wedding day. That's right. So, so as all and all your people who are listening and, and watching, if you are married, if you haven't, sit down and start teaching your kids what you've learned, the things to do, things not to do. And I don't care how old the kids are. Mm -hmm. They need to hear it. Mm -hmm. What about the, so to your point there with couples that are mar married and, and are listening, maybe they, they have some of these issues that um, maybe they causes them to pause to think about, you know, I, I really need to. I need to sit down with my spouse and we need to have a dialogue and a discussion because our marriage isn't probably what it's supposed to be when it comes to free, total, faithful and fruitful. Right. Um, and so any advice there for them to to kind of now to start to work on their relationship. So, you know, we've talked about those that are maybe who are separated, divorced, those who need to seek annulment. But what about those that, you know, are still in the in, in the grind of it all, um, but they can kind of see down the way and say, you know, this isn't really what it seemed it was supposed to be like. What, what advice can you give them about just some resources perhaps and to improve their relationship in their marriage? Well, you know what? It, it's Again, it's different for everybody because a, a particular author or program may not speak to the heart of one person, but it will really get to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, if you looked in the mirror and you decided you were 20 pounds overweight, what? how would you lose that weight? Some will go to Jenny Craig, some will go to Weight Watchers, some will do it on their own, some will start riding their bike more. Mm -hmm. Whatever the couple needs to do, that's their marriage. They should come together and say, what's not working for you? What's not working for me? I always say, like, you know, what do you want to change in me? I did this with my husband, like, last year. We got, I said, honey, if you could change 10 things in me, what would they be? Mm -hmm. You know, and I let my, I, he told me and I wrote him down and I didn't say a word in defending myself, explaining anything. It was really hard to do. Yeah, that's brave. <laughs> but you get exercises. Look for the self-help books. Look in good Catholic bookstores. Go online. Go to retreats. and set, Retreats are good. Retrovi is good for troubled marriages. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a guarantee and remember, you can put 159,000%. If the other person doesn't, you can't control that part. Mm -hmm. And that's where you have to just surrender your heart to the Lord, trust in Him, do your very best, and know that you'll have the grace to deal with whatever. 
That's right. So, Rose, how can the, the viewers get a hold of you, um, uh, learn more about you? You, 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 know, you offer retreats, uh, you have books, uh, you, you have all kinds of good stuff going on in the Lord's Vineyard. So how can our viewers get a, a hold of you and learn more about you? Well, rosesweet.com mm -hmm. is my website, and my speaking, my parish missions, my retreats are all there, my books. But there's one important thing before we end that I think we should address that not many people want to talk about. And Look. that's what about you are remarried outside the church. Oh, that's you right. You did not get an annulment. And you're marching up to Holy Communion. Because Father said, you're a good couple. You've been married for 20 years. And you can do that. That Jesus, Jesus understands. You're right. I forgot about the remarriage piece. <laughs> I know. You know what? It's nobody wants to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And here's the reality. Marriage is so precious and unbreakable. The church will stand behind your marriage. Your first marriage that ended in civil divorce, that the church is still upholding that marriage. Mm -hmm. And she's not going to recognize any other attempt at marriage that you make. And that's a beautiful thing. Imagine that the church is saying, "We, we, two people said I do, and we're going to stand behind that forever." Mm -hmm. That's the kind of support that you want. So, when you try to marry outside the church, you're automatically committing adultery because you're still married. Mm -hmm. Now, you might not feel like you're committing adultery. Your first husband was a total jerk, alcoholic abuser. And you know you could get an annulment if you want, but it was too long ago, so you're just not going to do it. And Father said you didn't have to, you know, but you're committing adultery. Mm -hmm. And you can't just brush that first marriage under the carpet. Mm -hmm. And what about the kids, too? You know, what are they seeing? So the church says, look, come to us. Let us take a look at your situation. Let us walk with you to see about this first marriage and if we can declare it null and free you to then convalidate or bless or marry you to this person you've been with for 20 years and have three new kids with mm -hmm. in the church. But until we do, we're going to ask you to respect each other and to not cause each other to sin and to commit adultery. And we're going to ask that you separate and not live as husband and wife, that means don't have sex mm -hmm. until you're married. And right now you're not married because you're still married to those other, that other person from That's 25 right. years ago. We can't do that. Yes, you can. This, and the, John, this is what I say. I go, how often do you have sex? And of course, everybody laughs and titters. I go, you don't have sex that often. You could have a goal. Just put that on the back burner faithfully for each other's good to go higher to do the right thing and god is going to bless you mm -hmm. and guess what when couples when when it's explained to them the graces that they can get now when you do that and you go to confession and you live as brother and sister you can go to holy communion and receive graces and sacraments to do this mm -hmm. and guess what every woman that I know that has done this, when her husband understands and says, I'm not going to make demands of you because I want you to be holy and I want you to have holy communion and I want to defend and protect your goodness and your virtue, mm -hmm. 
she falls so madly in love with him mm-hmm. and she her trust deepens their trust deepens their love deepens nothing but good comes out of it yes it's a sa- it seems like a sacrifice but it's not it's required mm-hmm. and the graces that come from this and the rich beauty that comes from this is incredible and when i hear people especially clergy, God love them, mm-hmm. say that people, you don't, you don't have to do that. They're depriving this couple of great virtue, great love, great trust, holiness, and, and witness to their children and witness to the whole community. That's right. It's just, it's beautiful stuff. But yeah, there's a sign of contradiction. I mean, my wife and I, for three years, co- uh, coordinated RCIA, the process at our parish, and yeah. where you deal with annulments, a lot, right? Mm-hmm. One of the, um, we, we, we finished it out. We, we, you know, we were, had to step out of that ministry because we entered into diaconate formation and other things. But um, one, of the, the, one of the powerful couples that I met through this process was somebody who were remarried. Um, but both of them had multiple marriages. And, but they knew coming into it that you have to address those and you needed to live as brother and sister. And for two and a half years, almost mm-hmm. three years, Rose, mm-hmm. they were coming through RCIA. Mm-hmm. Mm. They were living as brother and sister. And, uh, you know, you would always wonder, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? And at the end of this, when he finally came into the church and was received fully into the church, I had asked him, you know, help me understand just from your own, from your own words, from your own mouth, what did it for you? Why, why did you make the sacrifice? And he says, well, when I, for one, when I, when I knew all that the church taught and the beauty of the teaching when it comes to marriage, he said, I wanted that. Oh, and, see. And, and I wanted, and I did not want to get, and this is the, the other thing too, your, the point you just made. He says, and I did not want to get in the way of his spouse's ability to receive Holy Communion. <sighs> I mean, you know. That's love. That's okay, love. and that's how every woman wants to be loved, that my husband will lay his life down for me so that I might be holy. Mm-hmm. That's what this is all about. Amen. You know what? The, ch- the church is teaching this is all about what the heart has, what it desires. Mm-hmm. But no, we don't, we don't know, we don't know it. It hasn't been explained to us, and it's up to the like you and I, mm-hmm. who've been filled and given the gifts and the graces to understand this and to be on fire mm-hmm. to go out and light that flame in other hearts. Yeah, and to tell stories like that. I mean, we yeah. were experiencing in our own in our own marriages, but you know, a story like that where it really challenged me and inspired me to live out a holy marriage even more so, right? Because that person cared so much about his his beloved that he was willing to lay himself to the side and he he believed in what the the, the church taught and he was willing to uh, not just uh, say that he believed it, but do something about it and really and really walk the walk rather than just talk the talk. And so it's such a great point. So yeah, like you said, to, to, to live as brother and sister and to therefore enter into the sacramental life in order to be strengthened, nourished, and, and given the grace necessary in order to be able to do this. And, you know, and trust in Holy Mother Church and, tr- and, and ultimately trusting in the Lord, right? Because that, that union... And I think this is where people also need to hear is that that you're not marrying because the the person makes you all googly moogly, okay? Right. And right. You're 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 you should be getting married because you're convinced that God God chose that vocation and that person in that vocation as the best way to get back to Him, to grow in holiness and to get back to heaven. 
And that's the ultimate, right? The beatific vision for us. That's the end game. And that's, uh, so for us, when we look at us, the, the married vocation is that person, I believe with all my heart that God chose Nicole for me to get me back to him. And she was going to be my pathway to sanctity through the, the marital embrace and through the marital covenant with her to get back to our Lord. And I think, and, and, and you being like Christ to lay your life down for her. Amen. Ephesians 5. Ephesians I know. 5, right? I, I, know. Mean, I love that. That's, we call it Ephesians 5 love. That's one of our favorite scriptures. We use it in marriage prep all the time because that is St. Paul's prescription, right, to what is, what is it required of us in marriage, right? Be, be, be subordinate, be reverent to one another, or be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. And we know that the man, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, handing himself oh. over for her. You know what? And we women, we're, I don't care what our temperament is. Mm -hmm. I don't care who, what, why. We were all made to be responders. Mm -hmm. And when you guys love us that way, mm -hmm. we can't help but submit ourselves to you and say, honey, I'll do anything you want. <laughs> That's right. Because it you, works. Because you trust, like you said, that trust deepens. Yes. And you know we yes. have your best interest, therefore your salvation, right, in mind and in heart. And it's part of our uh, responsibility and our obligation. You know, like... Like uh, Pope St. John Paul II said, right, it's the, it's the obligation of every man to uphold the dignity of every woman. And I think uh, we do that most especially in the uh, sacrament of matrimony, where if we lay down our life for our wives to present her without spot or without blemish, right, then of course, what woman's not going to be down with that? Exactly. Okay, so you keep working with men and making them real, helping with the Holy Spirit working through you to make them real men. <laughs> And I'll be working on the women to get their attitude off, you know, and uh, and and to to remember who they are. And and I always say this too when I'm in a group of mixed, you know, both sexes, men, you are God's gift to women, mm -hmm. and women, we need to remember that. Mm -hmm. So thank you, John, for your work. Um, I appreciate it so much. We need good, real passionate fun intelligent men this isn't this is not just churchy stuff that we're talking about this no. you and i are live we live this stuff and it's real no you're right you're right and i think yeah. you know god is uh, we've we've probably both experienced some challenges in relationships in our own lives and in, in our own marriages and i think god will use this in order to help improve and better and help other people heal heal in their mm -hmm. own relationships and marriages so rose i thank you very much for joining us today um for all your work again for all the viewers out there, visit rosesweet.com to check out all the good stuff, the great stuff that uh, Rose is doing in the Lord's Vineyard. And uh, Rose, I, I wish you and, and uh, all those in your life a most uh, blessed continued 2018. And I look forward to working with you again. Thank you, John. Me too, you. Okay, God bless. Okay, thanks. <laughs>